1: Enjoying your coffee?
0: <laughs> Maybe a little.
1: Hi, good Hello. morning. Good morning over here where we are right now. Good evening, good afternoon. Hello, everyone. How are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Ah. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. So how do you know? How do you know what kind of friend you have, Matt?
0: How do you know? Well, first.
1: Well, first of all, Matt always has a way to spot things out immediately and then when you ask and then he'll like tell you the most messed up stuff about someone that you think well i think is okay because i have this disney or pollyanna version of the world and then he'll whisper to me later how this person is no
0: good Uh, uh, uh sometimes sometimes not
1: well some well i'm just saying like the times i've been totally shocked by your assessment within a few seconds and the weird thing is you're right how do you do it and then when i ask you for advice you never have anything for me
0: it's unique to each situation or each person but you know what back it up let's describe the three types of friends shall
1: we okay do you want me to do it You're, of you course i want you to do it you know what you all have been calling me the mouth because like apparently i talk way more than you on the podcast so why don't you describe it for once <sighs> go ahead yay so
0: aristotle nicomachean ethics
1: nicomachean <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes the mouth <laughs> anyways describes three types of friends There are those people who are friends with you because they get stuff from you. There are those people who are friends with you because of the way you make them feel. And there are the people who just love you, okay? Those would be the three types of friends. And obviously, we would love it if every single one of our friends was quote-unquote type three, who loves us just cuz, right?
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, that's how I think everybody is until I get a big slap in the face.
0: So how do we figure this out?
1: How do you do it, Matt?
0: Well, first of all, I, unlike yourself, I dip my pinky toe in the water. Now, what do you do? I jump right in. You jump right in.
1: I welcome you. I'm like, where the hell have you been? Yay! Exactly.
0: Now, do you remember Sturgeon's Law?
1: That's terrible. Duh.
0: Do you remember Sturgeon's Law?
1: Yeah, you bring it up all the time. Theodore Sturgeon,
0: science fiction author, Sturgeon's Law. And okay, it's not really a law. It's a theory. It's whatever you want to call it. But he says that 90% of anything is terrible. Wow. That's a very depressing way to look at the world, isn't it?
1: That is a terrible, terrible view of the world. But start thinking it through. But you know what? When I'm mad, I'm like, yeah, that's true. But when I'm feeling better, I'm like, that's a terrible, terrible it, thing it, to it, say. It, it
0: is flipping terrible. I'm not going to argue that. But I What was
1: wrong with Sturgeon for him to say that?
0: Sturgeon was, again, a studier of human nature.
1: How, how did he study human nature? What uh, did he do? He might have been
0: a psychologist. I'm not sure.
1: So he just said... 90% of everything is crap.
0: Of anything is crap, not everything, but anything. Of so anything. fill in the blanks.
1: That's terrible.
0: Well, he was also talking about it from his personal experience and his personal knowledge because hold on, hold on, hold on. The music I listen to, 90% of the world would say it was terrible. They just would. And if if you think about it, it's like, okay, fine. You love classical music. You hate classical music. For any given person, I would say 90% of the music that's out there to them is going to be crap. So it becomes a much more personal thing, okay? For starters. Okay. But it's hard to extricate yourself from the situation. Like, I'm not gonna tell you that, I don't know, picking something around, Sawyer Brown. Country country Western music although country western fans might not say that because they're a little poppy you know i understand objectively that they're a good band i would never listen to them and i would i personally would never quantify them as being good because it's not my style of music
1: yeah but you wouldn't go around labeling that as terrible or bad oh lord okay
0: okay objectively (laughs) i understand that
1: spoken from a true heavy metal (laughs) Guy, <laughs> you are so snobby about music. Uh, although, like, honestly,
0: we- for five seconds, there was a song called something like um, "Some Girls Do." I thought had a catchy beat.
1: Okay, wow, that like, for five <laughs> seconds.
0: But I mean, there there are some. Glaring exceptions in uh, the music I listen to. To be Guys, honest,
1: you don't want to listen to anything that you like, or even movies. Even you ruin for me. Like you don't want to be sitting next to Matt because he'll constantly the words out of your mouth is "What is this dribble?" About everything I love, it's really crazy. Sad it makes me crazy. Let me enjoy my stuff.
0: So, anyways, back to how we figure this out. First of all, me personally, I dip my pinky toe in. Okay. Like, okay, we, we're, we're, I, I know your name. Okay. It's kind of a first, that's, that's kind of the usual first step. And then we have a little banter. And then we figure out that, you know, it's, it's, it, to me, it's about gates and gatekeepers. So there's a gate that says, okay, do we want to exchange information or something? Right. I mean, in a way, Friends is like dating. And we've we've talked about this.
1: That's how we started.
0: So, however, dating usually infers there's a first date. So you don't get to, you don't necessarily do this acquaintance thing.
1: Can I just interject? So if you want to hear about how we started, go back to the very, very first episode. The very first one called The Mentor. It's just me talking the mouth again. (laughs) But I was just... I was just trying to explain what we're going to be talking about on this podcast. So, the very first episode called The Mentor, that's me, talk, I'm not that I'm the mentor, but I tell you who the mentor was <laughs> as inspiration for this friendship movement that we began. And really, it was because out of frustration, we lived on Bainbridge Island in Washington state. And, you know, before we got there, we had no trouble making friends. We made friends like family type friends, wherever we went. And all of a sudden it wasn't happening. And so we blamed ourselves for the longest time for whatever reasons, like, okay, well maybe because we're new, maybe because we're married, maybe because Maybe because that's the culture here in Washington state and we don't understand it. Maybe we're offending people. Maybe. Oh no, there's
0: no maybe to the offending. I'm sure we did offend people, but that's beside the point.
1: We did have lots of laughs at the grocery stores, um, going in there together. Like one of the big maybes was maybe because, um, later on when we became, when I became pregnant and we had L. We thought, well, maybe because we're parents now, maybe that's why. But we started to really look around and and then we worked, worked, really worked on developing new friendships. And it wasn't happening. We couldn't even invite someone to come over for a nice, beautiful dinner to save our lives. Like, it was nuts. (laughs) And so one day we're walking. We took walks every day really pretty on Bainbridge Island. The culture, I gotta tell you guys, when we lived there, I don't know if it's changed, but it was not pretty. The culture, I mean. Um. But it led us to say, saying, what is going on here? And I said to you, oh my goodness, it's like dating all over again, but this time to find a friend. Like, I thought it was hard to find... If you think there's just one true love for you or maybe there's more than one, but you're trying to find that person, you think that's hard. I traveled. I, as a photographer, I was always traveling. I was always looking for my love. And then here we were. I'm like, this is even harder. What is happening? And then it led us to do lots of introspection, but also it led us to really talking to a whole bunch of people, looking at other countries looking at what's really going on in society. And that's when we realize, wow, there's something deeper happening in our society. So anyway, that's what Matt is looking at as well. Stop it. <laughs> well, I just wanted to give context because I don't know what you've listened to. So I don't know. So I have to give you some some background But we're talking
0: like once you've made that initial connection, it's it, you. you need to almost treat it like it's a first date. And you need to, in my mind, you need to establish the quote-unquote rules, the groundwork, and you want to make your communications at this point explicit. And for me, this is the real key, slow.
1: I don't do slow. <laughs> I can't. It's not in me. Nothing about me is slow. Well, never mind. Don't get any wrong ideas. <laughs> hey I don't know. It depends how cute. Okay. I... Hey, 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 hey calm down. All right. So what I'm saying is, you know, I move fast. You know, I get an idea. I'm on it. You, God knows how our marriage is working. I swear. Sometimes Matt, I get so angry with Matt, like so angry and distraught because I'm, I, I have a different beat. I have a completely different beat than you, Matt. I like to move on an idea immediately. I like to just if, if we're going to move, I, I'm military. I pack up our stuff in 24 hours, we're ready to go. You're like, it'll take you years because you're pontificating and you're, I don't know what you're doing, honestly. But like for us to like work together and to dance together, it's quite a feat. Anyway, so you're slow. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's how you're going to leave it to me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Can't argue that fact slow but deliberate okay and it's about feeling the give and take the ebb and the flow of it to me and you know i think that to build a good friendship or a great friendship just takes time takes events but again it all means moving slow because guess what i think all friendships start out in that I'm friends with you because you make me feel good about myself or um, you make me feel good, period. Really? Or I'm getting something from you.
1: Really? Yes. Yeah, I don't come out of it, like... It's when that
0: becomes a two-way street.
1: I don't come out of... Like, I... That's why you jump in. Mm-hmm. Because I I genuinely look at everyone as a movie and like they're the star of a movie and I'm intrigued. I never... Think about what can I get from this person, or I'm, how do I feel about it? I'm like, look at this, and I think that the photographer in me—that's—that's that's how it happens because I immediately start noticing things, right, and vibes, right, and it has nothing to do with me. I'm just like in love with what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm.
0: I I completely get it. I take it to that next level I'm not looking at you to see what I can get from you but if you offer something to me that shows me that you want to deepen the friendship if you say something like if you pay me a compliment or you know whatever again deepening your you you want this uh, I call it an acquaintance you want our acquaintanceship to grow to a friendship and it's it's a very deliberate dance as far as I'm concerned in the same way that dating is a very deliberate dance. For me at least. Oh, she's just looking at me, folks.
1: <laughs> well, I, I And guess, I guess that's how we got together.
0: And it's about then for me personally i mean i'm very analytic god help me about the whole thing but you know i'll literally replay i replay conversations i have with people during the day and i'm like did i come acro- how did i come across how did i not come across because i it's been pointed out that sometimes i'm inelegant in my speech
1: well you are sometimes when you're deep in coding and you're working 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 the way your tone and you'll never You never believe me when I Mm -hmm. say, you have a tone right now. I don't like your tone. Then we get into a fight because you totally say, no, I do not have a tone. I'm like, you can't hear your own tone. (laughs) So we get into a fight about it. And it never gets resolved, actually. (laughs) Because you refuse to admit that you have a tone. And it happens because when you're so in your head and you are saying something that genuinely is a nice thing or it's, it's a neutral thing even. It comes across so bad. <laughs> it's it's bad.
0: So, anyways, All it's right. it's about replaying. It's about understanding. I mean, um, one of my really good friends. We initially became friends because he was showing me things on the computer, and very cool stuff. And this was my friend Chris. I want to say that my initial friendship with Steenie. You know, he made me feel. Good. I mean, he complimented me all the time and he holds me in very high self esteem, which is extremely cool because he is a very cool guy, too. So there's that, it became mutual, but it didn't necessarily start there. But it's about baby steps in, it's about having an understanding. And it's for me also, if I feel like I'm giving more in a friendship than I'm getting, and this is in the early acquaintance stages here, folks. You know, I really take a hard look at that. If I'm constantly every three weeks pinging you saying, hey, how's it going? You know, at some point, I understand that it's not a two-way street. It's a one-way street. And if that's the case, then we're moving further away from a deep friendship.
1: I guess both ways work because I jump in there and I get hurt a lot because I assume everybody's my best friend. And I realized later that, wow, I had a completely different viewpoint. I had a completely different existence in that relationship right. than they did. Right. And when I find myself getting so tired or like so constantly disappointed or I'm waiting <laughs> for something good to happen, mm-hmm. like I'm waiting for them to have a good response and return to me or... You know what I'm saying? Yes. Well, I don't know what I'm saying, actually. I don't know how to say it. When I'm constantly waiting for them to be like an above and beyond family type of friend, mm-hmm. and that doesn't happen over and over and over again, right? I get so sad, and then I have to come to terms, you know, come to my whatever moment it is you want to call it, mm-hmm. and realize, okay, it was a number one friend, it was a number two friend. I was their number three, right? And do I want to continue the friendship? Right. And usually, I get to a point where I'm so hurt mm-hmm. that I'm out.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. And and bear in mind, folks, that you know, I I think I started as a jump in, plunge in. I I didn't even think about it, and you know, I I managed to yeah get everything shredded when I was in like seventh grade.
1: Wow! So after all these years, I'm still going. I'm still holding the torch.
0: Yep. I got burned once. I'm done.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: I know. It's twisted, isn't it?
1: Or is it me that's twisted? I'm like still going. I think. Well, I don't know. I think I've me, become jaded. To it's,
0: it's not that I don't have the capacity and it's not that I don't have the desire to have type three friends. And I'm in the process of developing a new type three friend, frankly, right now. But it's It's a slow, deliberate process, in the same way our dating was a very slow and deliberate process,
1: well, because I had no idea what was happening, exactly. I had given up on love, I was just trying to learn some martial arts, mm-hmm. and I was thrust into this other whole world of like this other school
0: <laughs> I can't do it, my <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. <laughs>
1: See, you didn't do your vocal exercises this morning, and you're drinking coffee. You're not supposed to drink coffee when you're doing voice stuff. I see. Oh, my God. All right. So, I forgot what we were saying. Oh, it worked because I had no idea what was happening. Right. Everyone knew that we were getting together but me. (laughs) And then I ended up with... (laughs) (laughs) I ended up with... One of my best friends, this gorgeous guy that I had been friends with for a long time. And then when things went to the next, next level, I remember telling Sarah, she was driving, and I told Sarah what happened. And she immediately said, don't tell Matt. I'm like, why? What? what, Huh? And she got quiet Mm because she realized, uh uh-oh, she said something she shouldn't have. You know, like she let and, it out of the box. And
0: that is the that is the danger. And there's no danger with that with friends because you can have a cajillion friends. Life is good.
1: Wait, what's the danger?
0: Well that you know, in the in the dating context, perhaps not the smartest move, although it was my move.
1: What move? To like take it slow forever? Take it slow
0: forever. Exactly. And by the way, forever was what was it, six months?
1: Um, like I said, I I I don't move slowly. I feel like I have so much to do in life. I don't have time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I have time for everyone, mostly. But I don't have time to like deliberately slow things down. I have things to do. I want to see things. I want to do things in this world. And if you're not on board with me, then okay. But I'm here to let you know exactly who I am in the instant you meet me. And if you're on board, let's go. You want to like go on this adventure with me? Great, let's go. Do you know what I mean? Right. And most people do. And then I realize, oh, they don't have the stamina.
0: Right. And, or. You know what I mean? Like, Or they just wanted to be whisked along. They didn't want to par- actually actively participate.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And
0: that's the trick. And and it, to me, again, ebb and flow. You know, it's one of those things. You know. All right. You've, so. You, you've you've got to. Get close to as good as you give.
1: So, what is your advice to me?
0: Slow down.
1: No. You move What's too another?
0: Fast. <laughs> oh wait! Oh, cut that out. I started um, to sing a song.
1: Besides that, give me some other bit of advice. I can't. Well, then move you start like getting
0: mac It's it's almost see. Then you run and you start getting into the difficulty of it becoming almost Machiavellian, what you're doing, which means like, in my mind, at least very sinister, very underhanded, because you really look for opportunities for, you know, this person to show you how they're being your friend as opposed to letting them reveal themselves, which is what I let them do, which takes time.
1: Okay. So what am I doing again? Slowing down. No, no. What am I actually doing?
0: Slowing down.
1: I'm not slowing down though.
0: Well, then, there you go.
1: What am I doing? I'm just going... Qu- what you just described, I, I got lost, because I got lost in the word you used. Right, Machiavellian. Um Machiavelli- And basically... Mach- how do you say it?
0: Machiave- Machiavellian or Machiavellian. All right, where after is that? After Nicola Machiavelli, the author of The Prince, who was this like, mastermind of political savagery, basically, what's from more, Venice.
1: Give me more background. What is, what's the theory there again?
0: It's just... You be very deliberate and, you know, you literally almost keep a tally of what they've done for you and what you've done for them.
1: Oh, like Sheldon Cooper from The Big Bang Theory. And
0: I I, that's not a place I want to live. I just I want things to reveal themselves. And but I'm going to be careful. Like if I've like hipped you to like three or four really cool things, you know, give and take. And maybe you don't know any cool stuff and, and I'll understand that and we'll get, you know, we'll move over that or through that, but you have to make yourself vulnerable too.
1: Do you think something is wrong with me that do you think I'm not as pure of heart when, so I've noticed this with a couple of friends that I've had to let go of the past couple months, like two of them. I noticed that (laughs) I noticed that I was, I felt, I felt, I'm sure they have their own perspective, but I felt like I was constantly offering cool new things Mm -hmm or like offering them things. Right. And they were just quiet and then they would implement them right without saying, "Oh my god, thank you." Like I this was inspiration from you. Fun. Like I got nothing. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then I was feeling resentful because they were doing things that I was sharing with them that Right. And because because that because of the fact that they didn't reciprocate my kind of love back to me you know my kind of friendship love i started to get really annoyed when things started popping up uh, like on their podcasts and on their businesses that was my idea that i was sharing with them so then i got really what's the word um not offended but yes i was offended
0: jealous
1: no okay. because I was doing it. <laughs> I, I just I got resentful. Really resentful. resentful.
0: Yeah. And to me, this is one of the dangers we have in this kind of Facebook well edited lives everybody has, frankly. Like nobody likes to talk about the suck. Like when their lives suck. You know, and, and I'm as guilty as everyone else. Absolutely. Um, You know, for me personally, I got laid off two months ago. Boom.
1: It was more than two months ago. It uh, it actually feels like years. It was
0: April 18th. Okay. But anyways. That's a long time ago. And And this was right after, uh, like literally, it was either a week or two weeks after uh, my mom's funeral. Boom, boom. So, yeah, that's the sock. But you know what? My friends knew all about it. My friends knew all about it uh my acquaintances depends. You know, it's because we don't like being we don't like making ourselves vulnerable. Now we're okay making ourselves vulnerable if the other person makes themselves vulnerable too. But that's the problem is people rarely own up. People never own up to strangers or vulnerability unless like they I do. have to. <laughs> I do. So, you know, if you're standing in line in the unemployment office The guy next to you obviously is doing the same thing, right? So it's almost like it's okay to open up your vulnerabilities. And actually, you know, I've noticed on LinkedIn, people are saying that they're quote unquote open to work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because there's been an interesting spat of layoffs in the tech sector. And that's a very strong thing. It's a very bold thing. And that's something that should be applauded. But that's very rare.
1: I want to say that's how normally I make friends is, I'm in a vulnerable state, and I share it, but I'm not necessarily living there forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then
0: you run into the alpha friend and the beta beta friend.
1: Oh, who think, by the way, that they're here to teach me stuff, where in fact, I know a lot of stuff, but because I'm I'm vulnerable, they think that I'm some dumb blonde that doesn't know anything. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. And then once again, I
0: get resentful. And and you're playing into, again, contemporary power dynamics. But people feel comfortable in these high school style friendships. And I am I guess I'm playing to the high school style friendship and you don't. You play to the adult friendship and most people aren't ready to deal with that.
1: I don't know if I play to the adult friendship. I don't even know what that is. But I will say that I I just have no time. So if I'm vulnerable, and you're you're standing there thinking I'm some dumbass. You know what I'm saying? Because in that moment, I'm totally revealing to you that things are not so great for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not living there. Right. I'm not saying this is my entire life. This is life forever. But I'm like, oh, my God, this really sucks right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? And if, if I see that the person holds me there forever or from that moment decides that they're the ones who are going to teach me something mm-hmm. constantly and that they're surprised or they ignore actually when they see that I've done or accomplished these things, right. whatever they may be, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They ignore it right? because they're still in that, that mindset that they know better that you're a know nothing. And that's when I know, okay, this person is not my friend. For me, Mm -hmm. like, I don't want that kind of friend because that lets me know that they're not loving. They're not really seeing me. Right. And I'm like, okay, thanks. So in my way, in my fast moving way of friendship, that's my way. I seriously, like, I have big things to do on this planet. I don't have time to take it slow for you. You're going to have to jump in. And unfortunately, I will get hurt when I realize maybe you're not in it. You're not in it to win it. (laughs)
0: And there you go. And that takes me to another interesting point I hadn't considered, which was not only that you make yourself vulnerable, but we also expect our friends, our type three friends, our friends who love us because they love us. Those people should and do afford us the opportunity to evolve and grow. Right. And that's a big thing. Because I think that's
1: a gem right there.
0: I think that um, I I like to afford people the opportunity to to grow and show me cool stuff and show me next level and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, again, Sturgeon's Law takes over. 90% of people have a hard time with that. And they don't understand how power dynamics change. They don't understand how people necessarily change. Not necessarily even become brand new people, but just go next level. And sometimes we get resentful because we feel like they're leaving us behind. Sometimes when we're the ones doing the growing, we look at them and we're like, but but they're stuck exactly where they were before. And again, there's a tricky, uncomfortable dynamic. But I think if we truly love each other, then we're okay either way. We celebrate their successes. They celebrate ours. We, you know, maybe, and I would hope it's definitely, but we do what we can to push them to the next level because we just want them to do well.
1: I have an example of that before we go. So the last few months I made a new friend, a treasure, like like gold, amazing. And she's that kind of person that doesn't judge. Well, I'm sure she judges, but she was loving me even though she misunderstood what I was. And luckily I was paying attention. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean about this? So what had happened was she realized that I was vegan and that our whole family was vegan forever. And she didn't really understand the whole vegan concept. Because it's, it's,
0: it's a weird one to grasp if you're on the standard American diet for well, sure. Well,
1: Yeah. it also depends what, what kind of vibe you grew up with and where in the country you live. You know, that has something to do with it as well. And also the stigma of being in Colorado. There are so many people that think that automatically everyone is on drugs. Everyone is high. So when my friend realized I was vegan, she I I noticed every time we talked about food, she got very defensive. And I thought maybe she was thinking that I was one of those stand on a soapbox kind of vegan, like meat is murder kind of person. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm obviously not like that. So what is her deal? Like, why does she get so quiet when I talk about food or like wanting to share it with her? She was like, oh, no, I don't do that. I'm like, you don't do that? Like, what do you mean you don't do that? You don't do broccoli? Like, what? And what was going on was she thought.
0: (laughs) That's right. I remember now. (laughs) She thought
1: being vegan meant we put marijuana in all of our food, and so when I found that bit out, I started laughing so hard, and I immediately told Ellen Allegra, they're like, wait a minute, so she thought that you would give your babies, like when they were infants, marijuana? I'm like, yeah, I think she did, but she was still willing to be my friend, because that was so, like, the whole marijuana culture is so against her, her thing, you know, like, it's just a no-no for her. But the fact that she was still willing to be my friend and totally there and like open and like loving, I'm like, that's a good friend right there, even though she, there was a big misunderstanding. Do you know what I mean? So I mean, anyway, we cleared it up.
0: <laughs> Lord. And, and for the record, folks, yeah, there's no marijuana consumption in this house.
1: I can't even, I can barely have a sip of coffee. Like I feel like, I feel like I just, Evaporate like I can't, I can't handle it. How in the world? And to, you know, <laughs> the fact that she thought in every meal there was every like, meal like in everything, you know. And I'm not talking about CBD, which doesn't get you high. She thought it was like the THC stuff. You know how people cook with it now? they are like huge gourmet areas where THC. They put that into everything. Oh my goodness. She thought that anyway, it's so far from us, you know, but anyway, but when that happened, I'm like, that's a good friend right there. <laughs> she was still open-minded and like still like in it. You know what I'm saying? Until right. somehow it came up and I'm like, Oh my God, all this time. Is that what you've been thinking? She's like, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, we remember, uh, Maya, Everybody was like, You're studying yoga. I guess that means you've turned against the church. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, people have interesting assumptions, but please take the time to confirm or, you know, your assumptions before you just, you know, block somebody out.
1: It's so funny to me, like all that stuff. You guys go back and listen to Maya Breuer. She's the head of the Yoga Alliance. We did a few interviews with her, but she was telling me, and, and I knew this too from teaching yoga. There are people who think that. It is devil worshiping. If you're doing yoga, it's like against their religion. And so when she was doing it, she was talking to us about how her family had to do an intervention because they felt like she was going to the dark side because she was practicing yoga. Anyway, so yeah. All right. (laughs) How do we wrap this up into a little bow?
0: Take it slow, folks. Take it slow. Or not. (laughs) (laughs) But take moments to evaluate and really try and gain a good understanding of what you're given what you're getting and not that it needs to always be in balance because there are times that your friends need you and there are times that you need your friends i mean that's life but you know if you notice that you're rushing in to deepen the friendship and they're standoffish then maybe there's a reason for that
1: or you can play like me just go wild and just see what happens. You know, life, it's meant to be lived and experienced. Just uh, just, just keep the Nicomachean rule of three in mind while you're doing it. All right, we're going to go. We have a lot to take care of around here, guys. Oh, dear. Wish us luck. We're trying to find where we belong on the planet all right thank you go to the website there's a workbook there for you a no-nonsense guide called the icky guy of friendship a workbook that's there waiting for you our friendly world podcast.com. thanks again for listening guys love you be well talk to you later Bye. bye-bye